Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm great, and I've got my new line of merchandise. Yes, The Simpsons Show now has tons of merchandise. Do you need eye swabs? Do you need uh, roach spray? We have The Simpsons <laughs> Show brand of those things, because we learned a lesson from Krusty. No, no, we, I don't, we don't have those things. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty positive about it. I don't, I don't. There's plenty of Simpsons merchandise out there. I don't know why you'd need a... Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters <laughs> on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. For only $2 a month, gain access to all of our bonus content. We have someone to thank, Matthew. Uh, the best people in the world. I love those people. Yep. Benjamin Gray. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. This week's episode is The Last Temptation of Crust, SF5F10, originally aired February 22nd, 1998, written by Donick Carey, directed by Mike B. Anderson finished 21st in the ratings of the week with a Nielsen rating of 9.7, approximately 9.5 million viewing households. The fourth highest ranked show Fox that week following The X-Files, The World's Scariest Police Chases, oh God. and King of the Hill. It's... I don't... Oh, reality TV was, was on the upswing in this, you, at this point, I think. You can't even parody Fox television because they do it to themselves. It really did. The world's scariest police chases. Hey, it was the second highest rated show. So, you know, they're just giving people what they want, right? There's a demand there for scary police chases. Are there non-scary police chases? I mean, the OJ one wasn't super scary because it was only like 30 miles an hour. But that's still scary enough that I would get the hell out of the way. I would. Yeah, I don't. I think they're all kind of scary. Uh, this episode guest stars... Jay Leno, Bruce Baum, Janine Garofalo, Bobcat Goldthwaite, and Stephen Wright as themselves with Hank Williams Jr. singing the Can You Narrow song. Which is a fantastic I would, song. I, they have him as a guest star. He doesn't appear. He just sings a song. So I, I don't know. I guess it's a, a sort of a guest appearance. But, I mean, he does a great job. I don't think that song would work if it wasn't Hank Williams Jr. doing it. Um, family, the episode begins, family goes to the mall. Uh, they're going – I don't know if their intention is – I guess they're really just going to the mall to buy shoes um, and to let Homer argue with a bird that he loves to argue with. <laughs> yeah, about how much you have to uh, earn a cracker versus wanting it, which uh, – good job, Homer. That's conservative theory right there. I was – I I don't know if we – I don't think uh, Homer is aware of what kind of political discourse he's really kind of digging into with that bird. Um, Marge has a very particular – set of things he needs for the kids new shoes they need a good stiff all-purpose dress shoe something for church but also for doctor's appointments dental checkups piano recitals building dedications visiting elderly relatives haircuts and shoe shopping well we have a brown shoe did you hear that kids brown (gasps) woo brown it's so much better than black i don't know Black, yeah, I guess is the other option for a dress shoe. <laughs> I mean, you can, you can. I mean, there's lots of options. I guess if you want, there's lots of snake skin. If you got boots, Lisa's not going to wear uh, animal byproduct shoes. That's a good point. Faux alligator, then. Yeah, she, she, she perhaps would wear the the, the fake alligator. I mean, I think most alligator shoes you find are going to be fake alligator shoes. Alligator shoes are actually pretty so. expensive. Um, kids are shopping. Homer's debating with a bird. Uh, there is a. Gentlemen, I don't, I've never encountered this in real life. A guy in a mall, like with a clipboard selling a comedy festival. 
I don't know that he's selling it. Maybe he's just trying to drum up business. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of a guy who hands out flyers for a club or something. He's just like, hey, by the way, there's a comedy festival. Come to the comedy festival. I don't know why he has a clipboard, though. That does seem a little weird. Maybe, he should just be handing out flyers. Maybe just to be official. You know, like if you can you can yeah. kind of be anywhere and no one will ever bother you as long as you're holding a clipboard. Yeah, no, that nope. I'm I'm supposed to be here, clipboard man. That's me. Um, so we are informed that there is a comedy festival, a charity comedy festival, right? Yes, and that Marge uh, only likes to laugh in very specific circumstances. I yes, that I, I'm not. Sh- what is Marge's brand of humor? I. I assume humor that does not hurt anybody, uh, which which is a valid goal, uh, but can be a little restrictive. I, I mean, she, but she also said, "I don't want to laugh at or with." Uh, I got nothing then, because that, that uh, that's really the only way you can uh, laugh. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to like imagine. I, I don't, I, I can't, I can't. I don't know what Mar- Marge is not a the the com- a comedy fan. Homer is a comedy fan. He likes all comedy, apparently. Um, Homer, uh, Bart is a, a little bit annoyed that Krusty, for some reason, isn't listed among all the prospective comedians who will be appearing, which are all the people that I just listed in the guest starring. Uh, but uh, maybe, is that guy recruiting people to help? Because Bart is, like, backstage. Is that what's going on? I think, uh, at a, at a charity comedy festival, security's a little loose. That's, that's <laughs> the best I can say. Okay, so Bart goes backstage talking to, uh, you know, Jay Leno, who who Bart does not recognize. Yeah, excuse me, I'm looking for someone named Jay Leno. Somebody want to get this kid a TV? Whoa, gee, thanks, mister. Yeah, just joking, I'm Jay Leno. Oh. So what can I do for you, huh? Well, if you're running the show, how could you leave out Krusty the Clown? Ah, Krusty the Clown? That takes me back. Didn't he die in a grease fire? No, he's alive. He is so funny you could blot, at least according to his press release. Well, if he's half as alive as you say he is, he's in. As long as he's alive, he's totally in, guys. One, the press release that Bart hands Jay Leto is not a press release. It is a, I don't know what you call it. I guess it's a flyer, but... The ones you know, you see them on bulletin boards with the like the little pull tabs on the bottom that have yeah. that that's that's Krusty's quote unquote press release. Um, and to be fair, Krusty has faked his own death. Well, who hasn't, Robbie? Come on now. I mean, so it wasn't a grease wire; it was a plane crash. But Jay Leno wasn't wrong necessarily. You know, if you just live somewhere else in the in the in the world and crusty is a nobody and you get like some weird little distant third line news item about how crusty the clown died maybe you don't remember that he you learned that he faked his own death later on i don't blame jay leno definitely possible yeah no i mean also crusty hasn't really been in the news that much outside of springfield i have to assume i mean he was at wimbledon fair enough and he he did have uh all those famous people at his comeback special that's true I don't, I don't know if they've ever actually said if Krusty, if anyone knows. Of, I assume they do because I mean, I they know him from like the '60s. That's that's the last time that they knew of Krusty, and then Krusty kind of just disappeared into Springfield. Probably he was a major player, and then he decided, screw this, I'm totally just going to go to Springfield and be popular there, and that's it. That's all there is. That's all I need. Um, be happy, Jay Leno. Gets Krusty to agree to appear to the ch- to the, at the charity function because it will work towards his community service from stealing one pair of Hagar slacks. How did why did Krusty steal pants? 
for the thrill of it, I have to assume. I'm just trying to envision the scenario, and I'm having trouble. I mean, there are two reasons to steal things. For the thrill of it, or because you need them. Obviously, Crusty does not need Eggers. Okay, this is my... I think he needed them. I think he had a night out uh, that he lost his pants somewhere along the way, and it needed pants. I believe that about Crusty. Yeah, we see it in this episode. Um, Crusty goes on... I did in, I did not pull this clip of him performing. Uh, yeah, no one needs to hear this anymore. It, it's, I mean, it is uh, the, the most, it is purposefully offensive and outdated and terrible. And it's not, I don't, the show is not condoning it by any means because ev- the whole entire audience and all the comedians, all of them basically make fun of Krusty and are horrified at his Asian stereotypes and his bad jokes about TV dinners. Yeah, yeah, the TV dinner joke was bad enough, but the Asian stereotype, I'm just like, was that ever actually funny? I mean... I mean, do you want me to tell you the truth, Matthew? No, lie to me. Please lie to me. <laughs> uh, yes, all audiences have always thought stereotypes were really uh, distasteful. That's why everyone hated uh, 16 Candles, right, from Long Duck Dong? Oh, God, even saying the name makes me hurt. <laughs> 16 Candles, oh. that uh, revered 80s film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all right. All right. Yeah. Let's let's move on from it's this. No, it's, it's, it's depressing. It's, it's no Breakfast Club. Well, yeah. I've, I've quickly found out that no other John Hughes movie lives up to the Breakfast Club. You know what happens when you mess with a bull, Matt? Uh, you get the horns, I'm assuming. But you gotta, if you say that, you have to put up your, your you know, uh, index finger and your pinky. Otherwise, I, it's wrong. I really, yes. I was, that's, I'm doing it right now. It, <laughs> he did uh, I mean what about Home Alone you don't like Home Alone Home Alone he only wrote I, I mainly have problems with the ones oh, the he dir- has oh you're referring to director okay yeah. I mean Ferris Bueller Uncle Buck yeah Ferris Bueller's okay but has some problematic what? moments Uncle Buck is a little uh, what a little crazy problematic what's problematic about Ferris Bueller I feel like the portrayal of women in that is at best problematic You've got one girl who basically exists to be a girlfriend and to, you know, support the crazy antics of the main character. And then you have his sister who is just mean for no particular reason other than she's the older sister. So she has to be mean. And uh, once again, you have the parents, except for the principal, nowhere to be found. I mean, I I mean, I, I think like the whole f- world is in service to Ferris Bueller. Like, I don't think it's just the the, the girlfriend character like. I don't I don't think it's fair to judge her by that metrics when the entire world I mean the title is Ferris Bueller's Day Off uh I'm totally on board that Ferris is a uh, doesn't exist. He's that would make that movie far more interesting. Cameron is he is Cameron's creation. Cameron created Ferris in his head. And t- uh, Ferris's sister who's trying to catch them all day. Tyler well I think his sister uh, exists but it's a Tyler Durden situation. I think it's very complicated, but I think, okay. We've been talking about John Hughes movies a lot. Krusty's comedy is terrible. Back to Asian stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Krusty's comedy is terrible. He bombs. Bart tries to reassure him. Hey, Krusty, great set. Are you kidding? I stunk up the joint. No, no. I was talking to Lisa back there. We both agreed you killed. Really? Lisa, huh? Oh, sure. There were a lot of laughs. You probably couldn't hear them. The acoustics were so bad. Yeah, the acoustics. That's what it was. I mean, me so shiny. (laughs) 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 Yeah, I was great. Did you get a load of Corpsey the Clown? (laughs) 
That guy cheapens our whole profession. What do you think of him, Internet comic? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, keep it down. Five minutes, Krusty. Oh, I ain't going back out there. No, five minutes to get your stuff and get out. Oh, the Internet comic. (laughs) That was one thing. I went back and watched the episode and went, huh? Why is there a computer that's being referred to as a comic? I don't get it. I'm not, I think that one is probably, I'm not sure if they actually knew what they were, the joke was when they did that. I I don't know. I think that was like an attempt at just a comic that types things on the internet, I think is, I think is the point of that. I don't think it's like an AI or anything. I think it's just someone on the internet making jokes and that, I don't. It's never referred to it again. So you're saying it's a collective. Uh, it's a collective of people posing as one person on the internet. Maybe? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, it, it, I don't know. But Krusty bombs. He's a bad comic. All the other comics think he's bad. He's bad. We go to commercial. And when we come back, Krusty is reading his reviews uh, in the local paper, I think it is. Probably the Springfield Shopper uh, from the looks of it. And uh, it turns out everyone was great. Except Krusty. Uh, he basically just excoriates Krusty for his terrible performance. Uh, Krusty is... Uh, Sideshow Mill attempts to console Krusty, but he fails. Uh, also, uh, Mr. Teeny is there trying to make Krusty feel better. He also fails. And so Krusty decides to go on the bender of all benders, which is a visual gag. It's great. If you haven't seen it, go take a look. I believe Krusty drinks out of a mug, a slipper, the Stanley Cup, which he then vomits into. And there, there are a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Things that he drinks out of and funny places he goes. It, it's, you know, one of those Simpsons montages that, that's fantastic. The, the next per- day, huh? Apparently, the NHL sent a cease and desist type letter Aww. to the Simpsons uh, about the Stanley Cup. You may notice they did not take out the Stanley Cup <laughs> from the, the episode. <laughs> you may notice that it was still in there. So I don't, I mean, uh, hockey t- hockey players make a point after they win the Stanley cup to go take it out and drink out of it. I don't, I don't understand. Maybe the vomiting part was the part they objected to, but I would mean if I had a chance, I would definitely drink out of the Stanley cup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a giant cup and it, it looks cool at the very least, even if you don't care about hockey, it literally is a cup. I mean, come on. It's what it's for. You drink. Really? That's what it's for. That's that's what it's designed what to are, do. What are cups for, Matt? That's true, but there are also lots of cups. I mean, you win a certain type of cup in Mario Kart. You don't drink out of it. Matt. At least as far as we know. Matt, if you got mm. me a replica cup from a Mario Kart game in real life, <laughs> I'd be drinking out of it every day. Okay. Well, good to know. Good to know. Christmas is coming up. It would, it would, that would usurp. Uh, my Modoc mug. All right, it would the, the Whoa, my Mario the Modoc cup, mug. Wow, it would Mario cup would be my new preferred drink. My drinking, uh, <laughs> I'd pour energy drinks into it all day long because it's a Mario cup. It Mario it Mario Kart cup would make me go faster, right? Of course. I mean that, that's that's just logic right there. Mm, thank you. <laughs> anyway, back to the Simpsons. Uh, the next day, uh. There's a bit with Marge and Lisa watching a Spanish soap opera where Lisa has to translate. So now we know Lisa knows Spanish, or at least soap opera Spanish, which has its own subgenre, of course. Uh, when Bart comes in and kicks them out because it's time for Krusty, only it's not Krusty. Beep, beep, clear the couch. It's Krusty time. Hello, here's Krusty. 
Filling in for Krusty the Clown, who didn't come in today. He is presumed dead or on vacation. Today's top joke. It seems a local moron threw his clock out the window. We'll tell you why right after this. So, yes, uh, Kent Brockman's variety of humor is not exactly the same as Krusty's, but uh, Krusty didn't come in. So, what are you to do? Well, it turns out, you go outside into your neighbor's backyard where they're poking Krusty with a stick. It was the front yard, actually. Okay, maybe it's the, that's right. You're right. It is the front yard. My bad. So, uh, Krusty was Krusty. You know, he just wandered on the front yard. He did not get into the backyard. All right. I think that's a little. Oh, he, he was just. You know, he's walking on the sidewalk, and that's giving him too much credit for his drunken stupor. You're kinda, saying kind of fell over. Fair I, enough. I suppose. Uh, so Rodden, Rodden Todd in the process of poking Krusty with sticks because that's what kids do. Uh, Bart runs them off and then takes Krusty to his room, uh, where he. Basically tries to minister to Krusty with his myriad of Krusty products, uh, which turns out uh, there are a great variety uh, for helping somebody in a medical need, uh, but that most of them are awful. Uh, a there's a period there's some cotton swabs which burn Krusty's eye, at which point Krusty refuses any more aid, including the Krusty eye wash. Which this is that's quite the marketing arm, th- Matt. Hmm. This is no gasoline. We don't pull the gasoline clip. Oh, I did not pull the gasoline clip. No, okay. That's what you meant. I probably should have pulled the gasoline uh, thing. Uh, Bart asked Krusty, oh, what were you drinking last night? Gasoline? And Krusty goes, yes, I was drinking gasoline. Mother. It's, it's my favorite. Apparently that's how low Krusty went. I, I just, I love it. I love it. There's, this is some good Krusty in here. It's good broken now, Krusty. It's, this episode is just kind of uh, another take on the Krusty gets canceled idea. Yeah, it's it's really the same. It's it's very similar. It's not. It's a little. I it, it's a little different because it is more about stand up comedy, and more kind of about authenticity, I suppose, in in comedy and about. I I, I think it, it it doesn't really say anything. It gets to the precipice of saying a maybe something, and then it just kind of backs off because it runs out of time. It's still very funny. I and I love the. Kind of, I don't know, Krusty just being decrepit and gross is funny. Generally. And old. And definitely there's a lot of old jokes about Krusty. Yes, that too. All that. I, it's, I, yes, I was drinking gasoline. Mother is, Mother. is very good. It's a lot, very good delivery uh, on, I still, I, whenever someone asks, I almost always like, yes, I was drinking. What are you drinking? Uh, gasoline, mother. It's always, always good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but while Krusty is going through this, he realizes that he is completely sold out because literally Bart's room is covered in everything Krusty. I mean, uh, if you haven't seen this episode, once again, go watch it. Check it out. Everything is Krusty. His bed, his sheets, his dresser, his lights, all stuff that we've pretty much seen before. We actually see quite a bit uh, that was also there in the season one episode. Um Krusty gets busted. Uh, a lot of the stuff, it, it seems the same. I, I, it's probably drawn different, but it's the same Krusty everywhere, everything. My, kind of my, I enjoyed the tattered flag from Camp Krusty. Yeah. That is a nice little, a nice little reference. I still call it back. Bart kept it, has it on his wall. Yeah. Oh, Bart. He, he knows what's important to value. Uh, but once Krusty realizes this, uh, Bart calls over Jay Leno uh, to help console Krusty, and they spend some time uh, with 
basically Krusty feeling sorry for himself while he's being bathed by Krusty and Jay, uh, which I guess is what you do. Uh, you, you bathe Krusty, uh, and Krusty basically realizes that his act is played out and asks Jay Leno for advice, uh, to which Jay Leno says, people today like observational humor, because this was the 90s, and that's what they did like back then. <laughs> Actually, that's one of the things about this episode is that people have always loved observational humor. It's just the kind of things you observe and the jokes you make about them change throughout time. Uh, for example, in the 50s, I'm sure there was lots of misogyny and racism in your humor that uh, hopefully is not as prevalent today. I, I hope anyway. We, I mean, it's not 100% saturation, if that makes you feel better. Which I think it was back then. So, so hey, yeah, maybe, it's like, it's like uh, 75%. Goody. We're going in the right direction. I mean, it depends. Yes. It depends. I mean, it depends on what I mean. It depends. I mean, there's there's a lot of comedy out there, Matt. If you want to, you know, you can easily get get all the stuff you don't like and never have to watch it. That that is a the, uh, a a privilege we live in in 2017, in that we have YouTube and Twitter, and you can find many, many, many comics who are uh, progressive and enlightened and don't make uh, bad lazy jokes like Krusty does. <laughs> Wait, you mean sometimes humor takes effort? No, that can't be right. I mean, I, I'm not gonna start. I'm not. Hey, stand up comedy is a hard, hard thing to do. I'm not gonna. It's extremely hard. I don't uh, stand up in front of people and just them staring at you with their dead eyes. <laughs> their dead eyes. Yes, because all stand up comedy audiences just stare at you with dead eyes. None of them are smiling or talking quietly. There's I mean, just the dead eyes. if you're lucky, they're staring at you with their dead eyes. If you're not lucky, they're just going to start yelling at you. And that's even worse. It's true. And throwing throwing glasses at you and things. Mm-hmm. Bad. Uh, yeah. So Krusty decides this is great. He's going to work on his act with Jay. Uh, there's a nice bit where Homer comes in and attempts to pee in front of all of them because he did not realize that you, uh, Bart, Jay Leto, and a, a monkey were bathing in a clown, which, again, sounds like a joke, I guess. Or at least set up for a joke. Well, that is uh, and... that is the joke, Matt. I believe that you also did it, Bull. No, uh... it was so short. It was literally Homer saying that, and then Krusty saying, "Well, they are." So make with the loofah, get out. Well, hey, hey, Matt. And, and instead of you saying it, you could have just had the Simpsons say it. True, but I say it faster. I, mm. I say it the Max Power way. That's oh, that is that. I mean, I disagree wholeheartedly with your. With your assumption that because you say it faster, it is better, but it is on brand. So I'll give you that. <laughs> it is very much exactly. that is the Matt way. Oh, I can do it faster, so better. Exactly. No, no. Anyway, no. no. Speaking of clips, hold, hold on, Speaking of clips, we have Bart. Uh, Bart's comedy jam, uh, where Bart has some humor, followed by Krusty and his new style. And then of course there's Mom, who sounds something like this. <laughs> Eat your vegetables. Take a sweater. I don't think that's a good idea. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. And now, the all-new comedy stylings of Krusty the Clown. Hey, oh, Krusty. Where's my water? Oh, here. Right. Hello. I'm a real person, and as a real person, I've made some humorous observations about real life. For example, have you ever noticed how there are two phone books, a white one and a yellow one? <laughs> like, what's the deal with that? One's residential, the other is business. Oh, well, that makes sense. What are they thinking next? Blue pages? They have those. They're government listings. I see. 
Uh, what about two cent stamps? Pizza pie is very hot these days. Uh, can't open pickle jars. No mail on Sunday. Out of paper towels. Oh, oh, oh. What's the deal with cardboard? Boo! All right, let's just move on to notebook two. I really gotta get dinner started. Me too. I also have to go. Boo! Oh. Krusty, the acoustics in here are I just... appreciate the effort, kid, but there's only one thing left for me to do. So, yes, Krusty is... He's got the style down, but his jokes are just, uh... They're not very good. I don't... Really? Matt, style? Well, he's got the, the observational style of, like, oh, hey, this is funny. What about this? That's the style of comedy that was popular in the early 90s, uh, which I think is what they were trying to ape at the time. I, but, I, I mean, I don't... It's... I don't think... Hmm. Hmm. I don't think that the... I think style is not a... Th- I don't think that... There is a style. I think your jokes are your style. And Krusty's style is I'm not funny. Well, uh, at that particular brand of comedy, no. Uh, Remember when he went to the little loop? That was pretty funny. I don't think it was funny. Cool. That was impressive. Oh, okay. Fair enough. That's but that's more daredevilry than or clownery than it is like a joke. Are you saying Krusty has never been funny? Yes. I think is what I'm no, saying. No, you're right. I, I, <laughs> I, don't care. I can't think of a single time when Krusty has been funny. I mean, all I'm thinking of is when he hit in uh, Brother from another uh, in Brother from another series when he hit Sideshow Bob with the pie and Bob's hair flung out and he, Bob goes, "Oh dear!" But that's Bob. That's not really Krusty doing that. Krusty threw the pie, but I think Bob and Mel and all like those guys they're they're funny. Krusty has never been funny. Yes. I mean, he's not, he's washed up. He's not, I don't think he's, I don't think he's generally intended to be funny in the way that a comedian is funny. I think Krusty has always been. He is funny as a failure. Yes, exactly. You laugh at him. (laughs) Not with him. Not with him. Not with, but at neither of which Marge is comfortable with. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, Krusty is a failure at this. So he decides that he is going to quit comedy. Uh, he proceeds to do so by reading a quote. Uh, I'm not sure what from. Do you did you happen to look that up? Um, it's I know this. It's a poem. It's a very famous poem. Uh, it is. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. I'll. Rip, I'm asking I'll, the uh, English literature major here. <laughs> I don't, Matt. I don't. Mm. I don't remember everything I've been taught. I hate to break that to you. Fair enough. I'll tell you in a second. All right, moving along. Uh, Krusty attempts to do so, uh, but is interrupted by the press because they have no patience for, you know, good uh, classiness, uh, I should say. They have no patience for him being classy. Uh, And he is basically lambasted with questions. But Krusty, why now? Why not 20 years ago? Because comedy ain't funny anymore. Instead of time-tested jokes about women drivers and doctor bills, you got some big chin schlub reading typos from the Palookaville Post. Well, here's a headline for you. Nobody cares. (laughs) Hey, I washed your hair. These comics today. Ooh, look at me. I can't set my VCR. I can't open a bag of airline peanuts. I'm a freaking moron. (laughs) (laughs) Krusty's going nuts. Then you got these lady comics talking about stuff that would embarrass Red Fox. God rest his smutty soul. Who they slept with. What time they sit on the can. This is supposed to get you a husband? (laughs) What the hell are you laughing at? I'm just telling the truth. (laughs) And it's funny. It is? 
In that case, I'm proud to announce my triumphant return to comedy. And that is where we go to commercial with Krusty resuming his comedy career in a new style. You mean with jokes? Yes, with actual jokes that attempt to be funny but, or at least provocative. I was going to say, like, I, I think, yes, the new style, meaning funny. Uh, the poem is To an Athlete Dying Young uh, by A.E. A. Hausman. Uh, gained popularity during World War I uh, as it was uh, seen as a kind of very appropriate uh, elegy for young men being killed in the war. Is that a suitable enough answer? Well, then. Yes, yes, it is. Okay, good. So those are two things I looked up today, John Hughes and uh, To an Athlete Dying Young. So that's good. Krusty now has transformed into an actual into a comedian, I think, is what has actually happened. Uh, he has he, he has a new look in that he wears a sports coat and has his hair tied back. Um, he's edgy now. He's an edgy, provocative comic. The last angry clown, the man who spews truth from every orifice... Ladies and gentlemen, Krusty! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm watching TV today. Woo! TV, yeah! All I keep seeing is dead celebrities hawking products. They got poor Vincent Price floating around on a toilet cake telling me about the horrors of an unfresh bowl. <laughs> And I tell you something else. I do not believe Winston Churchill would eat that Dervina schnitzel. (laughs) There's nothing those Madison Avenue grave robbers won't do to get us to buy their crap. (laughs) Impeach Churchill! Well, here's one dollar those crooks aren't going to get their hands on. Uh, Isn't that illegal? I don't care if it is illegal. I'm making a stand here. Who's with me? I am. I work like a dog for this. Oh, you're burning it all wrong, Seymour. It's my allowance, Mother, and I'll burn it the way I want. Take that, you greedy fat cats. March, give me your purse. It's $42. It's everything I have. Run home and bury it in the yard. I love you, Mom. Oh, poor Marge. That, that little I love you, Mom, makes it is so great. It is really, really good. It makes that whole scene uh, in a very particular way. Krusty is now like a combination of George Carlin, Dennis Leary, and Bill Hicks. Yes, basically people bad-mouthing everything because everything can definitely be awful in most situations. <laughs> uh, I think it... I don't know. There's a there's a lot of debate on the on the news group about particular which comic is Krusty supposed to be. Um, some someone very was very inclined to say Bill Hicks, but I think he really was just a combination of a lot of all those people who were all doing kind of var- variations on the same kind of ideas about society is bad and everything in it is uh, lying to you, which they're not wrong really. Uh, they 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 are. They're preaching a certain kind of truth. In the audience for Krusty are some vague business type guys. They don't really. Well, they're marketing people. That's that's the best you could say. It's like, oh, they're wanting uh, Krusty to hawk their products. Yes, they they want him to sell the Canyon Arrow, a new sports utility vehicle, as they say. You know them? Sports utility vehicles, Matt? 
I do. The the type of the classification of vehicle that only like less than one percent of the population could ever possibly need, yet somehow twenty percent drive. They're roomy, Matt. Not as roomy as a minivan. That's what I don't get. It's like, hey, here's like a minivan, but there's less room inside. <laughs> what? You got a problem with my accurate assessment of vehicle size? I think Matt, like I said before, you're very on brand today. I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I would say that people prefer SUVs over minivans, and vans in general is perhaps a perception issue about what type of people drive minivans versus what type of people drive SUVs. That's true. Smart people drive minivans. <laughs> people who, uh, nice way to put this, have image issues drive SUVs. I I would say most people perceive that perceive that minivans are driven by parents, while SUVs are driven by cool people with lots of money. Well, SUVs are driven by ninety five percent people who have more money than sense, and five percent of people who are like, you know what, I can use a truck that can hold more people. Let me get an SUV. That's the only instance when you should get an SUV. Oh, Matthew, what you are? Whoo! Okay, marketing guys hunt down Krusty. They make him an offer. Excuse me, Krusty. We've been watching you Moe's all week, and your credibility is just... wow. Get to the point, Armani. Well, we think you'd be the perfect spokesman for our company's new sports utility vehicle, the Canyon Arrow. I guess you Wall Street weasels didn't get the word. Krusty's not for sale. But you endorse everything. In fact, this endorsement contract comes from your line of legal forms. Uh, it's a quality form. But those days are behind me. I don't chill for nobody no more. Are you sure? Because we're prepared to offer you a free, fully loaded Canyon Arrow. <laughs> no! Take your corporate blood wagon and get the hell out! Are you sure? It's free. Stop saying that! <laughs> what? You take issue with the fact that his hair just pops right out whenever I, someone I, says free? I really love it. It's like, it is a great, like... I don't. I don't know. Not shows taking advantage of. I don't know a like that is the type of cartoon, like cartoony, cartoonish things that Simpsons do that aren't overtly cartoony, but they really are super cartoony that I think are hilarious and kind of always think are hilarious. It's always those like just just ridiculous, crusty. It's like it's Krusty's nature just like coming out of him and he can't help it. He can't contain it. And his hair popping out is a perfect a perfect signal for it. It's a a perfect demonstration of Krusty being unable to deny his very nature. Uh and him and it popping out his hair to make him look like his clown self is kind of perfect and I don't think it I've never heard anyone pop pointed out ever. And it, it's wonderful. It makes me, I laughed. I've, I've now heard this in the, in t- I've heard that clip today four times. I've laughed every time. All right. Every single time he, he says, stop saying that. I laugh. It, it's, he just can't, it's, it's like crusty. It's just, he can't stop it. And he can't help but be himself. Uh, and we see that as we cut back to, uh, to Moe's, which is now a comedy club, uh, apparently. I guess Moe's is, a, you know, he's he's willing to host a variety of functions. Yes, Moe's will take any business he can get. I mean, he was a family restaurant once. He eventually turns into a British pub. I mean, Moe's open for business. Moe's is open for business. I think that is, except for when the health department closed him down. 
Well, yeah. Men alive. There are men alive in here. Krusty uh, <laughs> does a show and reveals that he is that he is Krusty, really. I brought a bag of money in case he wants us to burn it again. I hope he tells us to burn our pants. These things are driving me nuts. So this afternoon, two suits come up to me and ask me to endorse some new sports utility vehicle. What do you Don't you hate pants? I threw those two creeps out on their ass. <laughs> then they followed me home, begging me to take a test drive. And let me tell you, Talk about roomy. The Canyon Arrow combines the smooth handling of a European sports car with the rugged drivability of a sturdy 4x4. Hey, Krusty, what are you talking about? I I thought you said those guys were creeps. Yeah, but that was before I got to know them. And I'm telling you, the Canyon Arrow is the Cadillac of automobiles. That's Canyon Arrow. Plenty of beets, fat-free yogurt. They're, they're, they're the quality of computer porn. Uh, I knew I should have gone on first. <laughs> so Krusty is sold out immediately. I guess it took, like they said, he, they he, they saw saw him at Moe's for a week. So he had been an edgy, uh, well, I guess a funny comedian for a week. Yeah. Well, that's that's uh, what happens to Krusty, uh, as we'll see. Being Funny is not his thing. Selling out, that's no, his thing. Selling out is his thing. Bart confronts him, and we also get the entirety of the Canyon Arrow song. Because, hey man, it's Canyon Arrow. I don't get it, Krusty. You said you would never be a shill again. Meh. I learned something about myself tonight, kid. It ain't comedy that's in my blood. It's selling out. Come on, I'll give you a ride home. Wow, this is roomy. Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? Smells like a steak and seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Well, it goes real slow with a hammer down. It's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Hey, hey! The Federal Highway Commission has ruled the Canyon Arrow unsafe for highway or city driving. Yard long, two lanes wide, 65 tons of American pride. Canyon Arrow, Canyon Arrow. Top of the line in utility sports. Unexplained fires are a matter for the courts. Canyon Arrow, Canyon Arrow. She blinds everybody with a super high beam. She's a squirrel squasher, deer smacking driving machine. Canyon Arrow. That is one of the best songs the Simpsons have ever put out. I have one question for you, Matt. Mm-hmm. Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow? Canyon Arrow. It's a... Uh, uh, it, it was so good that it was going to run over the credits, and they made room for it before the credits, because well, they, yeah. they, they, wanted, they wanted it to appear. They didn't want people to miss it. Um, it is a 
fantastic song. Uh, a fantastic uh, <laughs> fake advertisement. And frankly, like a lot of Simpsons from 20 years ago, the present has caught up to it. And now you can see car commercials that might as well be Canyon Arrow. It honestly didn't take them 20 years to get there either. You well, can... yeah, I mean, these, that they're parodying essentially commercials that already existed. I mean, we didn't take a long to get there. It was already there when this came out. Mm, not quite like Canyon Arrow, Matt. I mean, I'm literally like there were I don't know. You watch those four truck commercials during football games there. They before I, I can vaguely remember the commercials from 1998. They were not they were not hitting. No, one, no trucks were hitting deer as they went, but. I, I'm going to tell you, okay, this is, I literally, I, I, there is a convenience store within walking distance uh, of my house. I walk there quite a bit to get a drink here and there. And literally outside of this convenience store is an advertisement. It's been there since I've moved to Edmonton and it is a, uh, an advertisement for an ATV, which in Edmonton in the snowy months, along with snowmobiles, all that stuff, very popular. And it says, picture of an atv yellow big wheels it says embrace your midlife crisis wow and that i is... i it's i mean that's what i'm saying it's it's not even necessarily like the look and the feel it is just the message where you go oh this is oh this is super ridiculous they no one would ever go as far as this mm, they would they would go that and, and probably further but that's how the episode ends it, it's it is kind of a rehash of Krusty Gets Cancelled in a lot of ways. It's a little different tilt on Krusty and more about his comedy than his show business thing, really. About his about him being funny and kind of more about him being a sellout. Which they've also touched on from time to time, but never made it... Never as a function of his character, I don't think. No, I mean, it's just been one of those background things that Krusty has always been known for. Because, I mean, the first time we really see Krusty in Krusty Gets Busted, that's that's one of the things that they're burning Krusty merchandise. Yes. It's just part of his deal. Yeah, it's it's part of it's part of him, but it's never been, like, they've never really, like, discussed it other than make jokes about it. And it's not been about, like, hey, the Krusty has all that merchandise because that's, he's a sellout. And first and foremost, primarily. And that's what this episode is i mean it's not it's not like it's not incredibly deep it ha- it is have a little bit of character stuff in here you know about crusty uh there's a little bit about a little bit about the nature of comedy but they really stop anywhere before they even get close to it um it's mostly just jokes yeah there's no real character development besides you know crusty getting slightly better at the commercialism and then completely failing but it's really funny. No, yeah, I I really th- I think this episode's uh, pretty much hilarious through and through. Uh, Kenny Daru stands on its own as amazing. Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't like. I I feel like this episode is just saying anything is saying like actually Krusty isn't that deep a character. He's he's just a dude. <laughs> he just wants to get paid. Uh, and that's fine. I think it suits the Simpsons. It suits Springfield. True. I mean, Springfield is a very different place, so things are going to be a little different. I don't know. We'll rank it at the end of the show. No submissions for this or my favorite episode. However, if you do have one, send it in to SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com explaining why a certain episode is your favorite. When we get there, I will read it on the air. Next up, Matt, it's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. 
comments to the news group. It's where I'll come through the old Alt-TV.Simpsons news group, see what people are talking about the week or two after an episode debuted. What they thought of it, if there's any news or anything they uh, the, the, the uber nerds there picked apart. Um, people really, they really liked this episode, thought it was very funny, thought it was very good, thought it was uh, uh, a change from the previous episodes of the season. And then there's other people who did not like this episode and thought it was bad and not funny and a waste of the comedian guest stars and also uh, a empty rehash of Krusty Gets Cancelled and not nearly as good. I mean, they're not wrong that it is a rehash of Krusty Krusty Gets Cancelled, but it's different enough that it's still interesting. Uh, Like I said, I do take somewhat of an issue with their guest stars. I think it would have actually been funnier had they been, you know, Simpson equivalents rather than just themselves in the Simpsons world. But beyond that, you know, that's the thing about the Simpsons over time, things are going to repeat, but it's more like variations on a theme, something that's been done for a very long time. And I think this is different enough and does it well enough that it's not something we should really be super concerned about. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I we touched on this in our episode review from this past Sunday night, where you know it's Marge becoming mayor of Springfield, and it is following the very same pattern of Marge gets a new job, finds that it's hard, or you know faces hardships, and then resolution, and we go back to the status quo. And they've done that many, 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 many times. And there's lots of episode archetypes like that, but it's really about execution at a certain point. And if they can stay true to uh the the characters and stay true to characters the humor honestly if it's funny i mean that's a lot of the time if it's funny you can forgive a lot of things and this is funny so i don't really care that it's reusing crusty gets canceled formula of bart helps crusty find his fame again or whatever also i i don't mind them having realized stand-ups in there i wish i don't know i wish that maybe gave them a little bit more um, Jay Leno has a lot to, he, he does a lot in this though. So, and I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I think at, at the time, especially Jay Leno was extraordinarily famous and also was at, in his day of a very popular and good standup. So I think he's, it's pretty much an appropriate person to use. And I don't know, he's kind of, I, I he's kind of default. He's not, a, he's not a, he's not really the type that, Krusty is emulating in the end there and you can't really have too much of it in the episode so I don't I don't like this is another celebrity appearances where I don't really it feels like uh, Homer Palooza you know it is it, it is there to yeah. provide it is there to provide flavor to give you an idea of <laughs> what of what the kind of environment that we're operating in the episode is you know Homer Palooza has a lot of actual famous rock bands that don't do a bunch they have a couple jokes a piece and that's what this is. It's just like, here, this is kind of the flavor. To give me an idea, yeah, here's Gene Garofalo, here's uh, Stephen Wright, Jay Leno. Here's people you know of, they're, and you know their they're kind of niche kind of comedy uh, and, and where Krusty is trying to fit. And I think that's a, it's appropriate. Um, there's a lot of, there's an extinct, extensive, extensive rundown on comparing Krusty to Bill Hicks. Some guy is really trying to say, no, it's Bill Hicks. In particular, um, I can see it, but I can also see the George Carlin there. I can see the, the smoking. And, I mean, I can see the Dennis Leary. I can like, I'll, I mean, Dennis Leary kind of is using his bit is basically just Bill Hicks. Um, so it's not crazy. George Carlin was first, though. So I don't know. I think it's all of those people. I think they probably did. 
use a lot of of, uh, of uh, but there's also an all a long rundown about who all of these comedians are. You know, who Jay Leto is, who Jeannie Garofalo is, who Stephen Wright is, who I mean, at the time, I bet Stephen Wright wasn't as well known as he is now. I mean, he's always been kind of a niche guy. Um, yeah, because I, I I paid a lot of attention to stand up comedy in the '90s uh, because that's when. Comedy Central's big thing was stand-up comedy. Uh, nowadays, not so much. Uh, but you know, back the, in the late '90s, early 2000s, you could turn to Comedy Central at like eight o'clock, and there would just be stand-up for four or five hours. And even then, I had never even heard of Stephen Wright until this episode. He was a he's a Boston comedian, um, but you know his his whole whole thing is like speak very slowly, very mo- very monotone, and then tell a joke and never change his delivery. But, well, of course not. That's what makes it funny. And then, uh, was it uh, internet comedian? We don't. We they yeah. did not nothing on internet comedian. So I don't know what that, what that guy was. Or I'm shocked. Yes, I know. But that's about it. Um, I would. I could not. I didn't see any Simpsons news group car guy to talk about the Kenyanero. There was. I didn't. I didn't see anything about. I. I looked for. I could not find anything about him. Him chiming in on the Kenyanero. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but we can move on. Our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. The Listener Question of the Week this week is what is a f- what is your favorite episode with an ending you dislike? It's a tough question. I had to, I had to think about this for a bit. It took, it took, took some thinking. I had to look at a, like a list of episodes and break it down in my head. But uh, I like all the guys' answers. Always incredibly smart. Always uh, uh, well-reasoned. Uh, first from AJ, Bart gets an F. I really enjoyed the dire meshes they send where failure is something I have to accept and deal with, but they cop out and let them pass anyway. I get they were into multi-part episodes at that point or continuity. I think Bart failing having to redeem himself in a later episode would have made the message stronger, given Bart real character growth in season two. Love the episode regardless, but those last 30, 60 seconds really kneecaps that message. Uh, Zach, Lisa the Beauty Queen. I have a hard time looking at Lisa and thinking she wouldn't continue fighting for the platform to push social issues. Otherwise, it's one of my favorite episodes from the opening lawsuit from Disney with Skinner's literal ass-kicking response to the goat milk catastrophe to Krusty getting struck by lightning for teasing Lisa. I think that two seasons later, Lisa would have taken her disqualification lying down. Sean and the kids were rescued by, let's say, Mo. It was a delightful cop-out, but I'd rather have actually seen something. Anything. Grace with you, Matt. Uh, from mm-hmm. from Cody, brother from another series. This fun twist on a Sideshow Bob episode that had a little extra appeal for Fraser fans. Fortunately, what would have been a nice conclusion to the Sideshow Bob arc that had already run too long was taken away from Cecil. I'm totally fine with the incompetent Springfield PD arresting Bob as well, but I wish the episode ended without Bob yelling you'll live to regret this and that he had actually turned around instead. Uh, Tom, easily it's Hungry Hungry Homer. While there are definitely episodes with worse endings than this, the whole no one messes with Albuquerque Coda and leaves a sour taste in what I otherwise believe is a classic <laughs> episode. Local idiot succeeds at hunger strike, saves team, should be the post-Mars versus the monorail headline. Izzy, the great money caper has almost an exit ending. That is until it goes into that random surfing spot with a winking fish. Uh, from Kevin, senior ding-dong should have been an ideal, not a man. I do have to agree with that, but come on. And his car won't start. It's adorable. Senor Ding Dong. Uh, from Mike uh, and Mike Blue Type. I love Mar- Bart get hits by a car, purely for the introduction of Lana Hutz and Dr. Nick, but man, the ending and March kowtowing to jerk ass Homer almost seemed like it was forecasting how many Simpsons episodes would end like that in the future. 
uh, Professor Beard at the Amazing Cactus. A uh, brother from another series, Bob turning good for real after faking it in the previous episode was a great twist, and Bart's refusal to accept it worked perfectly. Cecil was great. If not for Wiggum's infuriating false arrest to force the status quo, it would make an A-plus series finale. Uh, Maddie is me 83 at Maddie is me 83. Personally, I struggle with the old man and Lisa's ending. It seems too harsh to have Lisa first get betrayed by Burns in pretty gross fashion and then have to forego all the money. And finally from Tom at the Tom Hunt story. I always wish they stayed in Cypress Creek instead of going back to Stinktown and you only move twice. Then again, I guess they'd have to change the name of the episode. What's your answer, Matt? I'm curious about this. Das Bus. I, I tried. I could not think of any other hate episode that I just, I hated so much, especially after last week. You really brought me around on the rest of the episode, especially the whole Lord of the Flies parody. I like it a lot more than I did uh, before we did the rewatch, but I still just despise the quick, lazy ending. My answer is the twisted world of Marge Simpson. Because... Yeah, the Yakuza ending? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's... I don't mind them fighting. The mob and the Yakuza fighting. That's fine. Whatever. But it doesn't... It, it, there's no, they don't do anything with Marge's character in that. Like it's, it's an interesting situation and they've kind of done this multiple times where they have, and we just mentioned, I just mentioned like, Oh, Marge goes into business and does it or has a new job or whatever faces challenges. And they somehow revert to the status quo in this. It is not, they don't even like Marge learns that the mob has been supporting her. She's like, Oh, I'll just keep making pretzels. And then the mob fight. And then the episode ends, but that's, it doesn't, Mars never, like, she doesn't come in any realizations. She doesn't have any even, like, subtle character growth. It is completely just, hey, we kind of don't have an ending for this, so we're just going to have the mob fight the Yakuza, and that's kind of it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I can we, I don't think it's fair to Marge, honestly. Uh, and that's, like, a lot of the Marge episodes, I think, have endings that I don't like. Like, I, my other answers would have been, like, Springfield with a dollar sign or Fear of Flying. I think both those episodes have bad endings. I don't know. Springfield with a dollar sign is, is not terrible. Uh, Fear Marge, of Flying, though, is pretty Marge bad. Marge realizes she has a gambling problem, and Homer makes fun of her. That is the ending. That is how the episode yeah, ends. Yeah, that is that is Homer being a bit of a jerk, but, I mean, what, what would you have done as the ending? I would have had to change the entire episode because they it seemingly structured the episode around that ending, which I would not have done in the first place. I don't know. Like, it's not – it, again, subverts – yes, Marge it, – it, it just jumps from, like, Marge has a problem, Marge realizes she has a problem, end of episode. There's no – like, you, you complain about them suddenly having an ending in Das Boos. That's what Springfield with the dollar sign is. It's just like Marge has, Marge has a gambling problem. She, her family suffers because of it. She realizes she has a problem. End of episode. Same thing with Fear of Flying. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Although I feel like in the Fear of Flying, end of Fear of Flying, they show her being better at it. They show her having at least progressed a little bit. You're right about the end of Springfield, the dollar sign, though. It would have been nice instead of just having them walk behind, walk, you know, down the boardwalk or whatever. We see Marge in like a gambling uh, therapy session. Or maybe where they, they start gambling and she just has to roll her eyes at it, you know. But at least as that they, they make some uh move toward a Marge getting help kind of thing. I, I you're right about that. And also it feels like multiple times I can't even think of the specific episodes, but they've made jokes about Mar like they've did callback jokes about Marge having a gambling problem. And it's just like but like you can't hmm. all right. Okay. Oh, just put it out of my head, get it away from me. Next week's question. What is a fake Simpsons product you wish was real? Ooh, man. Hey, Matt. Mm. Can you narrow? Okay. 
God, I, no, I do not want that to be real. I mean, if I'm the only one that has a Canyon Arrow, I'm okay with it. Well, yeah, plus you never actually drive it on a road. I just put a plow on the front of it and say I'm helping the community. <laughs> it's a snow plow. Yeah, that's all you gotta do. All right, thank you guys for your answers. Thank you for uh, your responses. I'll post this question on all the social media. Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod. Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it's time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a competition for this season. Whoever loses must write and record themselves performing a Trials of Horror segment. So, Matthew. Yes, sir. Are you ready for an easy question? I'm ready. These are all from Homer the Heretic. Ooh, oh, it's one of your favorites. It's a good episode. Homer makes what food item when home from church? Moon waffles. That is correct. Which we ate and were horrific. Eh, not so bad. I'd eat them again. Uh-huh. Are you ready for your easy question? Sure. In Homer Palooza, what is the rhyme Homer uses for the water in Springfield? Um, What? I don't remember this whatsoever. Water for Homer's rhyme for water in Springfield? Oh, man. I thought that was like super memorable, huh? Oh, Matt, your weird brain. Um, Sorry. No, I can. Let me think. Um, Think about the plot of Homer Palooza. It has nothing to do with the plot. I know. Just... I'm exactly. That's why the question is so like, because I'm thinking about because. Okay, Homer, I'm, th- I'm thinking about Flanders cider and juice rhyme more than I am thinking about Springfield's the water. Uh, that's if it's brown, drink it down. If it's black, send it back. You are correct. Congratulations. Dear, that's an easy question. You're out of your mind. You are a Sorry, lunatic. I'll... You are a crazy man. Fair enough. Okay, your medium question. On the first Sunday, Homer doesn't go to church. What temperature is it outside? Oh, what temperature? Um, it's cold. Yeah, it's really cold. It's it's about it's like your level of cold. Um, it's uh eight degrees, eleven below zero. Oh man, I was way off. What's my medium? Seventeen question? degrees off. Oh man. All right, your medium question. Name all four musical acts we see at Hullabalooza. Uh, Peter Frampton, Cypress Hill, Smashing Pumpkins, Sonic Youth. There you are, correct, sir. I mean, that's. Way easier than your whatever. I got points. So. I got points for it. That's all. I see. That's see. That's where I would think that you would learn that our brains do not work the same way, Matt. All right, yeah. your hard question: What Bible verse does Homer use to argue with Reverend Lovejoy? You want the actual like what he says or what the verse he claims it is? Reverend Lovejoy gives him a quote. Uh, gives him a Bible verse, and Homer goes, "Well, what about the the the?" And then Lovejoy quotes it at him, and he's because Homer makes okay. he just Homer just brings it up out of nowhere. You know, it's just sort of nonsense. It's random. Uh, it is Matthew twenty-eight seventeen. You're very close, Matt. Oh man! But you're wrong. Oh, Matthew twenty-one seventeen. Oh, dang it! So close. Can you can you can you quote the the verse at all? Uh, he says, uh. And they went to uh, somewhere, and they lodged there, and they ate bread. <laughs> and yeah, he left. Think about it. And he left them and went out of the city into Bethany, and he lodged there. Bethany, that's what. 
I'm very sorry, Matthew. <sighs> what's, my, what's my hard question? All right. Uh, your hard question, which I don't think is hard enough for you, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, what is the name of the freak show? Oh, um, oof. something. Uh, hmm. I don't know. Something about the bizarre. The, the word bizarre is in there, I think, but I don't remember. No idea. All right. It is the pageant of the trans mundane. Oh, okay. I thought it's bizarre in there somewhere. Pageant of the trans mundane. I thought, I don't, how many times did I say that? One time? Believe just once, yes. <laughs> okay. Well, Matt, guess what? Oh, no. I'm two Are point- we tied? No, we're not tied. I'm two points closer. Oh. We're only five points apart. Yeah. And we have uh, roughly half a season to go. A little less than half, I think. But single, single digits. I can do this. It can happen. If it's brown, drink it down. Ugh. Black. That's Back. so... Ugh, that's really gross. All right. That'll do it for Tria for this week. We can move on to our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever. Best Episode Ever is the part show. Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. All right. So, Last Temptation of Crust. Uh, very funny. Very, very light characterization of Krusty. That's about it. Um... Crusty gets canceled is currently the number fifty-eight mm-hmm. on the list. You think Crusty gets canceled? Think Krusty, you think it's better? I, I do. I think it's better. I think it's it's a more interesting reason to have all of the celebrities there, and there's just more heart to it. It's it's, it's more of like why Crusty feels the way he does, and why these people care for him. Uh, it's also a little bit funnier, but not a lot. I don't know. If it's funnier. I think this is funnier than, than Crusty gets canceled. Honestly, really, really, it's it's funnier than old gray mayor. She ain't what but she used Matt, to be. Yeah, ain't. I don't. That's not. You're not helping your case there. Uh, if you want to say Crusty gets canceled has more heart, I would completely agree with you. Um, and I feel like it. I don't know because the nature of the celebrities who appear in it, it makes it feel bigger. It makes it feel like actual show business. Like they, 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 by having Johnny Carson, Elizabeth Taylor, Bette Midler, having those, that type of celebrity in there, it makes that episode feel important and big. And like you have to, if you're going to have a show, big showbiz type episode like that. Um, this episode does the same kind of ideas with the comedians about nailing kind of the feeling it's going for by having, hey, these are these types of comedians. This is the type of, we, like I, frankly, those guest stars do a lot of work in just trying to establish the comedy part of it, the stand-up comedy part. Where because this episode is extraordinarily dense because it does a lot in twenty minutes. That's true. It does. Um, I would say it's better than Homie the Clown, which is at number eighty. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think it's better than Radioactive Man, which is number seventy-six. Agreed. Like you said, this episode is really funny. We may not agree if it's, it's funnier than Krusty Gets Canceled, but it's it's pretty Well, I'm not fun. saying it's better than Krusty Gets Canceled. I think it's funnier than Krusty Gets Canceled. Sorry, I, that's what I meant. Funny. Though. I laugh at this more than I laugh at Krusty Gets Canceled, I think. I'd have to probably mm-hmm. rewatch Krusty Gets Canceled to make sure of that. Uh, yeah. How about... Okay. How about Bart's Inner Child, number 73? Ooh, that's a good question. Or Lisa I the Greek, this perhaps, is... at 74. Oh, man. I hate that Bart's inner child is above Lisa the Greek, because I like Lisa the Greek a lot more. But, you know, again, the vagaries of our ranking system. It's not. Um, I don't... 
I think this is better than both of those. Not by a lot, but but a little bit, just because of how funny it is and how much Krusty we get. And I always love Krusty. And also Canyon Arrow. Don't forget Canyon Arrow. Canyon Arrow. How about Two Dozen One Greyhounds? Another mm. very famous Another song, Simpsons song. Oof. Um. Let me put it this way. I think this is better than 2001 Greyhound, Stark Raving Dead, and The Principal and the Popper. I'm not sure about Homer and Apu. I really enjoy Homer and Apu. And again, it's a side character. It's kind of a journey. It's got a lot of stupidish jokes uh, similar to this one. Hmm. See, I would not put it probably... I'd probably put it just above Bartender Child myself. Okay, so you think... Uh, was it 2001 Greyhounds is better? Yeah, I think it is. Because I think it has more heart. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I also, as much as I enjoy the Canyon Arrow song, uh, See My Best is a better song. I, yes, yes it is. I don't, I wasn't even entertaining that Canyon Arrow is better than See My Best. Okay, just, just so we're clear. Because Canyon Arrow, I mean, season, I'm just typing in Canyon Arrow. Uh, <laughs> over and over again. It is overridden, <laughs> it is overridden that part of my brain. So, 73? Is that okay, Matt? I'm already started typing, so it's too late. Yeah. It's too late for... I couldn't turn back if I wanted to, because once it's there, until I got another episode that could maybe move it in a different direction. Last Temptation of Christ, number 73 on our list. Number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last on our list, Homer's Odyssey, number 181. We'll get... It won't be there forever. Our next episode is what, Matt? Our next episode, if I can pull up your list, uh, is Dumbbell Indemnity. We got we got a crusty episode, and we get a Mo episode. Oh Mo. Old snake handler Mo himself. <laughs> uh I don't really I vaguely remember uh Dumbbell Indemnity. I whenever I see this title, I initially think it's the uh Marge gets uh jacked episode. But that's a different, oh yeah, that's a different episode. It's definitely a different episode. That comes much later. Yeah, it does, and it's it's a very bad episode. Yeah, it's very yeah. bad. It's very very bad. Um, but that'll be next week. We'll talk about it then. You guys watch along with us if you want. Um, I think that'll be it for us. Before we go, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Find uh, please check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's a Handsome Boys Comics Hour about comic books and the serial fanaticist. It's about lots of uh, kind of nerdy stuff, whatever I want to talk about with my friends. Um, I'm on a little bit of a hiatus right now while I'm trying to write Nanorimo, but it will be back in December, I promise. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer. You will not find him. Uh, that's true. I have decided uh, it's winter time, so uh, it's time for me to hibernate. So I have dug a giant hole in my backyard. Uh, the only way to contact me is through our bird friends. So uh, if you see a bird, just try and catch it and put a message in its mouth, and uh, it'll get it to me. Our bird friends. Yeah, you know, our friends the birds. Birds are not my friends. Are you sure? Birds are pretty friendly. I'm not Snow White. Like I don't, they don't like light, light, a light lightly on my fingers or anything. I don't know what you're doing to those birds in Florida, Matt. Be careful, is all I'm saying. Hey, if you give them the right amount of food, they just don't care anymore. Bird backstab you. Be careful. Well, that's true, but you know, as long as you're nice to them. Only bird I trust is Big Bird. So- well, he is the most trustworthy of all birds. He's big. Well, yeah, that's why he's trustworthy. He he doesn't have to fight for his food. He can just go down to the store and buy some. Is that what Big Bird does? 
I assume. I mean, I don't think Brigbert is, you know, flying around trying to get bird seed somewhere, or, you know, picking through the trash. But I mean, he participates in a, in, in capitalism as, as uh, I would assume or some kind of, you know, communist utopia that is Sesame Street. That's what I was going to say. I thought Sesame Street was like kind of like a socialist enclave. Well, that's true. Maybe other people do the farming and he just uh, he provides the leadership. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. I keep watching The Simpsons. Shh.